chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you uh, Welcome want? to Dead Funny, Dead Serious. Uh, this is the 30 End of Life to Lose in 30 Days series. Uh, my name is Mitzi, and I'm the host for this series. This is part two uh, because we have this wonderful mother-daughter duo here of End of Life Doulas. We, are ha- we have Morningstar Holmes and Michaela Holmes. One is Philadelphia, one is Laguna Beach. We are just, you know, across the country. We're wild here. We are now talking about the challenges and hopes um, of end-of-life doulas. So who wants to chime in with the challenges that you've you've seen for being an end-of-life doula? I, I, can, I can lead off on that. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, we have, like, layers upon layers, you know, like, mother-daughter team, um, finding out, you know, refining what we do together. And then it's like becoming really competent, I think awesome practitioners. And then there's the business. So there's like so many layers of what's going on. And as an end-of-life doula, you're, you know, you're drawn to it because you want to hold space and to be with people. And then you realize people have to also know about you. So I think that that's one of one challenge and the other challenge that I'm seeing shift. And I think it's maybe highlighted in the fact that um, I'm, you know, younger, my mother's older, obviously is that there's a generational shift in like what's normal. We've in our experience, we're less likely to connect with the person in direct need of our services but we see family members who are like, I really want to support. I see my loved ones struggling. Like I really want to support them. I don't know what to do. And for some reason, it's a little bit easier um, for people to do for another than initially for themselves. Like it was like people will kind of suffer, like sit and suffer in silence. But as soon as it's like somebody else looking in, they're like, I can, I can help, like I can bring something to it. And so that's been, I think one of the challenges is actually um, normalizing this enough that people who are at end of life are like, think of a doula. Yeah. But also with the younger generations are more familiar with the concept of an end of life doula. There's a comfort level in reaching out and asking for help. Um, and so those are the two big challenges. <laughs> Just like running a business to do this um, when your heart is like, you just want to be with, <laughs> you just want to work with people. And then also just normalizing this and making it like at the top of people's head. Like, I need help. There is somebody out there that can help me. Yeah, uh, Mom, I don't know. What, I would be interested to hear what you think the challenges <laughs> are. <laughs> well, when... When I first started doing this work, I was involved in a personal development company and I had, I was drawing from those people. So it was pretty easy to do word of mouth. But, um, you know, the hardest part is over the years having conversations with people and they go, oh my God, I wish you, I wish I had known about you when our family went through this because, you know, this is the horror story we had. And being able to educate people to really help them understand that when you need it, there is help. And even 
more or better than that is to be proactive about it. You know, my parents aging now, they're not dying right now, but they're aging now. And maybe it is a good idea to make a plan. And that I think is probably the biggest challenge is helping families understand how important that is and how much easier it is on them if they make a plan. And again, you know, nobody wants to think about it. And I think Michaela's point, normalizing the natural process of aging and dying is something that isn't quite there yet in our society. It is in others, but not ours. And I think that's where we are, you know, working toward to help people understand it's a normal process. Your life is so much easier when you can, you know, enter into it a little bit earlier rather than in crisis mode. Does it feel, so with your business model, you were working with end of life planning, it sounds like, and working with, with that piece. Um, is it easy enough or hard? Were there challenges in transitioning to actually doing doula work with that? I think that we don't, there really hasn't been a transition for us because when we think of end of life, we're really, for us, it is, I mean, you can never start too early. You're never starting too late. It is where you are. But um, it's just a lot to learn if you kind of wait till the end. Um, and, and it doesn't mean you can't hold space and you're not there. But for us, like I said, we're kind of holding space for the whole family unit and that's biological or chosen, but it's like the people you choose to surround yourself in your life are your support network as you age and you die. And so by bringing a little intentionality earlier on, it's incremental. It's kind of like a different approach to your life and a different possibility for the relationships in your life. Um, so in a lot of ways, I don't think that we see it as anything that we've transitioned. We offer end-of-life doula services to clients that we've had before because we already have a relationship, a shared dialogue, an understanding of their values and needs. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an, easy, it's an easy transition for us to make an more, I mean, each doula has their own slant, but we are a bit messy in connecting with the family. You know, I mean, we know who the client is, right? We're very clear. Like, even if it's like adult daughter that brings us on, um, we're very clear. Like, well, we can be, we can be in support of you in this way, but we're really here for your parent. So we like, we want to make sure we know how to honor what they want and support their children or other family members to be able to show up in that way, to be able to get the closure they need. Because people are running their own journeys. And at the end of life, I really believe people are, um, what's the word like? Um, like they are gonna seek healing in whatever way it looks like. They are gonna reconcile their life and they are gonna find some peace. And it's gonna look different we don't know how, you know, it, from an outside perspective, that might not have been a peaceful death for us, but I feel that people will find 
um, a center when they leave and they will make sense of their lives. And so um, regardless, but there's ways that we can really support them to do that and be in support of them. So I'm rambling at this point, but our work as end of life doulas is so tightly connected to just bringing intentionality and honesty to these conversations so that we can really show up for each other. Um, I think just to tag on to that, it's a continuum. It isn't a transfer. It isn't a this and that. And when people start experiencing the continuum, it's just a matter of, you know, going through their emotional estate plan, knowing that, you know, they are complete or there are some things on their list they still want to do or there's some relationships they still want to, you know, heal with whatever that means for them. And when that happens, that continuum is an easy slide. When that doesn't happen, then you end up seeing, you know, crisis and you see it within the individual who's dying and with the family members. And when people have not, you know, gone through the process of really reviewing their lives to complete it with dignity, then when those crises happen, they are very anxious. And that's why hospice does have access to medication to, you know, anti-anxiety medication for people who are dying. And again, those medications are not so necessary with people who have completed. That helps. I I have to pick back there too, because it just brings up (laughs) on the part of the challenges too. It's, it's like, so as part of our model with this emotional estate plan, it's it's um, a challenge because right? we're working with, like I mentioned, two people on different journeys or a family member and um, somebody who's aging or dying. But what the aging or dying person needs is to make sense of their own story and validation and compassion. With a person, maybe it's their adult child, they don't need to condone or understand their loved one's life. They don't need to say like, well, that wasn't my experience of you. Like, I actually thought you were a horrible mother. Like, I don't have these memories. Like, (laughs) it doesn't matter, right? Like, so what we do is like, you can, is really working with the families to sit there and say, like, you can hold space. Like, your loved one's feelings are valid and they're not your feelings. You guys might share your feelings together, but that is part of the healing process that like why we are like, if you start a little earlier, because when you're in crisis mode, those, all those things do come up. And so it's like, mm-hmm. um, but holding those two different positions and um, working with family members to say like, what people need is to be able to go over their life and make sense of their life and um, think through who they, who they are, who they were, who they want, like the legacy they want to leave. And that's different than maybe what you want from your loved one Mm -hmm. as they go. Oh, so, so good. I I think that's so important. I, that both of you, thank you so much for sharing that piece. I think people that are listening, particularly people that one want to work with end of life doulas and like, what will that help me with? Right. Unfinished business is what we would call that in family therapy. And you know, we, we do want, uh, most most humans do want to check off boxes, but we also know that we can't check off all the boxes, right? It's more complicated. And I think you did a lovely job sharing 
that it's really complicated. You can't separate everything. And new end of life doulas or people that are interested in the business listening to this also got a, a huge piece of information. You can't learn all of it. Um, everyone has their lane and there's, you know, there's just so much and, and we try to wiggle it kind of a little bit to make it a little clearer, but there's just so many pieces when it works, when you're working with families and identifying the client, um, but also, you know, helping the whole system work through this. It's a, people, people are going to have to rewind that part and just be like, what? I need to listen to that again. What did they, what did they say? <laughs> what are they trying to tell me? So when it comes, so one other challenge that I'd love to hear from both of you, because you are bi-coastal, because you kind of share your work, but you do a lot of remote work, um, how do you find clients? I know Morningstar, you wrote books, so that puts you kind of on a, a different stage to get some some leverage. How, how do you find clients for all this work? Well, we both speak at conferences, which is really good. And we've gotten you know, uh, we've gotten work from there because it's one way of being seen and sharing what we're doing. And when COVID hit, I mean, I had like five conferences all lined up last year that, you know, we're going to be one right after another. And the last one I actually spoke at was, you know, in Michigan. And then I came back and, and then COVID was like, within two weeks, suddenly there's this big thing about it and everything shut down. So for Michaela and I, she, uh, we both went to Oregon. She brought her family out and we stayed in the house up there and uh, and spent a lot of time uh, doing an online course, taking our work in a way that can get out there to people, even during, you know, crisis time like COVID. And it's in, we've already videoed everything where it's with a videographer now getting all of that stuff done. And, um, and so that's one of the things I think is having, having products out there that are impacting people in positive ways is one way of being able to be noticed. And even during COVID, I mean, we've been speaking at conferences virtually, <laughs> which has really been great. And uh, it's a little bit different. I like to be in the same room with people just because there's interaction, there's that kind of energy. And it's just more difficult to do, you know, through Zoom. But this is better than nothing. And so that's, I guess, if I had anything to recommend to people is to get who you are out there, start going to conferences, you know, speak at conferences. You don't have to write a big book, you know, write, you know, your own experiences, put them together and get them, you know, between pages so that people start understanding the value and being able to read about it in the privacy of their own homes so that they can go, oh, yeah, that's what I want for me, or I I want to share this with my aunt or my grandparents or my whatever. So that's the way that we are approaching it and have been approaching it. Yeah, that's amazing. Michaela, did you have any other things to say about finding clients? It's, I mean, it's hard. Like I said, there's, I, I just like, it takes a village. I really believe this in every aspect. And I've just been amazed by the end of life community. And I'm really inspired by a lot of the things I see on social media. I'm not particularly social media savvy, but I've like reached out and been like, how are you doing what you're doing? And like people have been really open. And I just think 
the more we're all supporting each other is normalizing this work, is creating space um, to elevate all of the work we're doing. So um, <laughs> this online course, it's almost kind of humorous. It's like our entire protocol, it's 65 videos. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but what we're most excited about, and I think that this is like, how do you get it out? Is my mom mentioned it. It's like, what do you want to say and get it out in the world? Like we're both perfectionists they're like let's just hold this close to our heart so we have like you know a pretty small email list and we're like we're gonna launch this giant course it's gonna be fine like but we're in it we're in it for the long haul and we really want to support this community and and which is like both practitioners and people that are going through this work and I think the biggest part maybe like that I'm proud of and I think this is how you how you do it is decide what's important and build that into the structure. So like our online program, you can just buy it, but like that's a lot of work to do by yourself. So we also have like, the main one is like you do, it's like group coaching. So you go through a module every week and then you connect because we really want families supporting families um, too that are going through similar things. And it's just one way we can connect people to this work. Does your course have a name yet before it's done? Transitional Wisdom, A Journey to Collaborative Caregiving. Um, we could have gone with a million different titles. Like I think originally it was Guide to Healthy Aging and Completing Life with Dignity. And then we were like, you know, we really just connect more with the caregiver side. And um, that that right there is our biggest challenge is like when you want to work holistically, when you want to work with the whole family, and any marketing person will tell you, it's like, get in your niche, only talk to your niche, like uh, those kinds of things. And so it's like explaining our work, how holistic it is. Um, that's real. And so we went with that title. We're really happy with it, I think. And um, it's, I think it'll launch in June. And I mean, we thought it would launch last fall. So like <laughs> um, COVID, family, it's it's a lot it's a lot but you did it takes 65 videos is a lot of videos it sounds like a lot of information that is just really useful and whole and i'm going to elevate that as much as i can so when i get the the go on that i'll make sure that we send it out uh, and everyone will know about it on our our social media pages um because it does sound really powerful it and great work Great work getting that done, ladies. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. Like we're perfectionists and it's so <laughs> hard to put it out there, but like, and we like, I wanted it to be so much faster, but damn, we did it. And it's, it's great. I mean, maybe it's not perfect, but like we put so much of our heart, like our heart and our thoughts and intention into it that it's like, it's something and we're yeah. proud of it. And like, so excited for June for it to hit and just like get people like yes this is amazing or like you know all the things I it's I have a lot of emotions about it <laughs> it is it's it's a lot it's an undertaking to do an online course um, yeah. I'm right there with you it's it's easier said than done and if you did it you did it and gold stars for both of you for for going through that so we covered a couple things with hope and I, that's part of it, right? June, Whew, we have some hope coming in with having this awesome course 
going live. What else, what other hopes do you both have for end of life doulas in general or your business, which is the course um, and For me personally, this is about making a difference, making the planet a better place. And the more people that can heal those family dynamics, it it shifts the energy on the whole planet. So that's where my heart lies. And that's probably, you know, that transformational work is really important in my life. It's been important in, you know, the lives of my friends of my family. So I'll, I'll just keep doing it as long as I'm able make a difference. Yeah. How about you, Michaela? What are your hopes? Um, yeah, I feel like through this business, I found a spot for my personal beliefs, my political beliefs, my hopes for the future. It, it seems really big, but I think one death at a time, one, one good death, one family healing is so important. And we're just, we're in a place with our planet that we need more healing, more connection. And this is one, this is one process that everybody goes through that everybody has the potential to grow through. And I think that's really, really powerful. I'm like, um, you know, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother. My daughter is now 20 months old. And I think about all the growth that came through that period of bringing life in. And that possibility exists at the end of life. And so that's, I mean, those are my big hopes is just creating healing through healing and normalizing this very human process that can be really beautiful, you know, can um, really change who you are for, uh, for the people who are left behind and also for the people that move on. It's profound. Yeah. Uh, what a great note to end on. And I, I didn't even mean it like that, but yes, right? Um, <laughs> It is. It's it's really important for the the growth and and the healing of the people that are are left behind. And as you know, we went we're going all the way full circle on just it's systemic. And you're doing great work. And I appreciate both of you. Uh, again, I just want to give a huge thank you, uh, Morningstar and Michaela Holmes, for being here today. Thank you so much. You can find both of them at transitionalwisdom.com. Is that correct? That is right. All right. And I'll, that will be written in the show notes. Uh, so you can just find them there. To everyone that's listening or watching on YouTube, if it would just mean the world to us if you like, subscribe, share this video. Uh, it helps tell us to make more content like this and that this is important ethical end of life care conversations. We want to keep them going. Uh, and then once you do one of those things or all of those things, if you're so inclined, uh, if you jump on over to Instagram and TikTok and follow us there and let us know what you're looking for, any questions you have, let us get to know you because this is community care and we're working together. Uh, thanks again, ladies. It's all for today and we'll see you all in the next episode.